the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care, with a higher level of care, with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Friday the 28th, and you are tuned in to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto and broadcasting live from the Hoppy Cruiseville Building. I'm Jordan Nicewarner. Alongside me is Marsha Cavalli. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning, Jordan. How are you? Doing all right. Were you able to stay dry on your way in today? Not at all. Yeah, no, man, it is. Cats and dogs. It is nasty. And again, it's supposed to rain today, tomorrow, Sunday, and I think Monday even. So uh, be prepared for more rain. Go get an umbrella if you need one. Mm-hmm. And as they say on the Cacapen Trails page, stay <laughs> off the new trails. Right. Let them rest. Don't touch our trails. <laughs> But let them cure because uh, they've got big plans later, That's you know, right. when that enduro comes to That's the right. Cape and State Park. You don't want to be, as they said in their words, you don't want to be that guy. Right. <laughs> that guy. I don't know if I'd be hitting the, tr- I don't know. Some people might, might be extreme biking, yeah, enjoy no, biking in the rain like that. I'll stay dry inside. It's like a biking mutter. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Okay. So a uh, programming note later on uh, this hour. Uh, towards the end, around 9.40, 9.45, uh, we're going to bring you some excerpts from an arrest in February involving the Martinsburg Police Department. It has ginned up some controversy, and there is a promised, quote, big lawsuit coming. I have reached out to the Martinsburg Police Department. I uh, wanted to have the chief on, have not heard back from him. Uh, I've got some reaction from the city as well, so stay tuned for that at 9.45. But another big item of interest happening statewide uh, happened yesterday. The uh, anticipated, I don't think it was a shocker, mm-hmm. the anticipated announcement of Governor Jim Justice that he is making a bid for the U.S. Senate. Joining us to kind of parse all that out is Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhaney. Welcome in. Oh, hi. Good morning. Happy Friday. Stay out of the rain. And <laughs> apologies to everyone, but this 2024 Senate race is starting already. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's already on fire, it seems. Who'd have thought it'd be this spicy, if you will, already? Oh, my gosh. Well, so, as you alluded, yesterday's big event was that the two-term governor of West Virginia, Jim Justice, announced that he is running, and he is the choice of the Senate Republican leadership team, Mitch McConnell and his allies. Uh, Senator Shelley Moore Capito was on stage with Justice, uh, acting to introduce him. Uh, Lindsey Graham, the senator from South Carolina, came in and made some uh, nice remarks about Justice. But Justice has competition, uh, a competitor well-known in the eastern Panhandle area, uh, Alex Mooney, the five-term congressman, also running for that U.S. Senate seat. And then... Waiting on the other side, we don't know what he's going to do yet, but the incumbent Joe Manchin, uh, a Democrat, is still still in that seat, still a major part of, of the Senate and the decisions it makes. And Manchin put out a release yesterday saying whatever he chooses to run for in 2024, he's going to win. 
I thought that was really interesting because there's been long, long rumored uh, that he w- he would make a bid for the presidency. Um, and the fact that he hasn't, and he's the incumbent, he's got that cushion. He doesn't have to announce one way or the other uh, till towards the end of the year. He mentioned December. Um, but uh, does this lend more credibility to the idea that he might be going for a national um, office? I have seen that scuttlebutt, particularly in the national press, the national political press. And, I mean, it's a few things. He, he as you as you said, Manchin says he's not going to say one way or another about what he's running for until December. And he, he, when asked on these national, you know, Sunday political shows, are you ruling out running for president? He, he doesn't say he's going to do it, but he doesn't really rule it out. Uh, the idea might be that he runs for a, a third party presidential bid, maybe. And lately he has been really fighting with the Biden administration, particularly over its rollout of the Inflation Reduction Act, which was Manchin's bill. But he says the the Biden administration has gone too far in an embrace of green energy uh, at the expense of fossil fuels in that bill. Uh, So he has he has not minced words. And it's politically challenging to know how to take it. I mean, on on the one level, take him at his word. he, He believes the rollout has been flawed. But politically, is that maneuvering for West Virginia Senate voters to say, look, I'm I'm I may be a Democrat, but I'm willing to fight the Biden administration? Uh, Or is it a sign of what's to come on potentially a presidential run against Biden and maybe against Trump? Well, uh, with your expert opinion and, of course, the you know, you don't know how things are going to go one way or another until people go out and vote. But how do you think they uh, fare in both their races? I mean, with Justice trying to make that U.S. Senate run and, of course, if Manchin decides to run for president, do you think they have any kind of a shot? Uh, (laughs) I think I think running on a third party for president is an absolute long shot, Um, particularly when already it's shaping up to be. You know, a binary choice between the incumbent Democrat Joe Biden and I, I, it looks certainly like the front runner for the Republican nomination is Donald Trump. Uh, so that leaves, I think, in the public mind, little room to to consider a third party candidate. Um, now, the the Senate race, I, I think Justice certainly has a pretty good chance. Uh, he remains pretty popular in West Virginia, but. He's got a, a very competitive primary up ahead in a state that Justice is a Republican, but has you know a background having run the first time as a Democrat. Uh, he largely has positioned himself as a as a moderate, but is casting himself as a conservative and a patriot in this race. And on the other side of it, he's got Alex Mooney, who has been you know. Down the line, uh, a, a, a Republican congressman who who votes that way, who, who absolutely has voted with his party, has been in line with what uh, President Trump has wanted. And, and in the primary, I, I just don't think that Mooney is going to be an easy out. He, he's been, you know, a consistent record of being voted into office five times as a senator, uh, won that race against his fellow incumbent. Uh, a more moderate candidate, David McKinley, across a swath of northern West Virginia counties, most of which was on McKinley's traditional turf. 
so I, I, all that to say, I'm, I'm making no bets yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. You say, you know, Governor Justice, of course, was elected as a Democrat, then switched parties. Uh, obviously, well, when President Trump was running for re-election or running for election the first time, as as pertains to his record, though, as governor, um, with the exception maybe of the whole uh, property tax, the uh, the amendment uh, was it Amendment Two? It's been so long now. Yeah. Um, you know, where he he was pushing back against some of the leadership uh, in the legislature. Has he pretty much been a governor that that uh, put a stamp of approval on most of what the majority party has wanted in the state? Mostly, yeah. I mean, they they have fought a bit over state finances and the approach to them. Um, Amendment 2, of course, stands out as as an issue which was about uh, personal property taxes and the legislature's ability to change them for individuals and for companies. Uh, They were at odds over that, and the Mooney campaign is going to use that to say that that justice was against that kind of tax cut. Now, I, I think justice will come back and say, yeah, but I got you personal income tax cuts. Uh, So that's going to be one that might wind up a bit muddy. Um, The Moody campaign is going to characterize justice as uh, having gone too far during COVID, uh, and and they will characterize it as a statewide shutdown. Now, I think all of us kind of have a hard time remembering that's a bit in the rearview mirror. Um, So do we, in our minds, exaggerate what that was or uh, tend to forget, but there—I mean, there were limitations on societal movement. The, the governor did issue a stay-home order. Uh, certain classifications of businesses uh, were ordered by the government to 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 close up. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Uh, and the Mooney campaign is going to characterize that as a a shutdown. Uh, to to what degree that resonates in two, a 2024 primary, I don't know. But that's what that's the kind of thing they're going to do to say that justice is a, a liberal a liberal Republican, a Republican in name only. Justice, on the other hand, is going to counter that on those 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 issues that are high profile conservative issues in West Virginia. He, he has signed every gun bill that's come across his desk. Uh, when it came to uh, the, the state limitations on abortion, Justice said, as long as it's pro-life, if you send it to my desk, I will sign it. And that is what he did. Uh, So, you know, I I think he has, if you're Mooney, you can make the case that that justice has has been unorthodox uh, as a Republican. But if if you're justice, you could say the things that count. I've been there with you. It's a huge, you know, seat, the U.S. Senate. A lot of out-of-state money and, and interests are going to be uh, throwing money at uh, places like here, the radio station and newspapers and all of that for these ads. How much hay do you think they're going to make out of some of those personal and financial issues that have been plaguing the governor that you've covered for years? You know, that publicly, that has not been the Mooney campaign's tack. And Mooney has allies that include uh, the, the right wing political action committee, Club for Growth. Uh, CPAC came out with an endorsement yesterday, and they have gone with where justice stands on the political spectrum. But I and other reporters, I'm sure, received um, essentially oppo research. Hoppy alluded to it in his commentary today, like 16 pages of background on, on controversies over justices. 
financial situation. I, I am not, you know, Hoppy says it's baked in. Um, I, I, there's been so much West Virginia coverage of the Justice Company's financial troubles. But I also wonder if at this point, after two, winning two statewide elections, if people necessarily resonate with, with, with Justice's financial issues. But it's there. It may be new to the national media. And I, I don't know that Justice has been it, – it's been reported by people like me and other reporters, but I, I don't know that other candidates have gone after him overtly about it since maybe 2016. So that's that's another issue is if, if the Mooney campaign becomes aggressive about it, they potentially could really underscore it. Or in the general election, if, if it's mansion and justice, uh, it, it very well could come up again in a very aggressive way. Well, there's still plenty of time for uh, things to get <laughs> all worked early. up Yeah, in this race. But, of course, we're speaking with Metro News Statewide Correspondent Brad McElhaney. Unfortunately, we got to get to our first break. But thanks for uh, taking a little time to chat with us on this rainy Friday morning. Hey, thanks, guys. Stay out of the rain. Take care. Stay off the new trails. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, that's Veteran News Statewide Correspondent Brad McElhenney. We'll step aside briefly. We'll come back with more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Live and local, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik, and keeping it going with the guests. Joining us again on the phone, Marsha, is our next one. That's right. By request, I appreciate her uh, being patient and calling in. Pam Wagner, who is from the Martinsburg Noon Rotary, she's talking about a, a new opportunity for folks who want to be Rotarians. Welcome in. Hi, good morning. Thank you for asking me. It's It's been a while since we've had you on. I really appreciate you calling in. I hope you've been well. I have, um, and it has been a while since I've been on. That's right. We used a good opportunity. Yeah. So um, Martinsburg already has the Martinsburg Sunrise, and uh, I mean, how many iterations of Rotary are there? You're in the the noon Rotary, right? Right. Is there a sunset? uh, No, but maybe that's what this club will be. (laughs) So what we wanted to do was just open up another opportunity Uh, for a Rotary Club in uh, Berkeley County. And right now we have the Sunrise Rotary Club, and they meet on Tuesday at Blue Ridge. And then we have the Noon Rotary Club, and it meets on Thursdays at noon. So both of those clubs are accepting members, and uh, we would love to have you join whatever's convenient. But we saw a need um, in the North Berkeley end of the county where – you know, Spring Mills is just busting at the seams, and we thought possibly this would be a good way to have an evening meeting. So, if People someone can't is make lunch or breakfast, mm-hmm. so. if someone is listening and they don't, you know, they they're not real familiar with what Rotary does. Why is sure. Rotary such a great organization to be part of? There's so many reasons, but I think the first one is our motto is service above self. So we're definitely a service based organization. We are Rotary International, so we can help the local schools and our neighbor next door, but we can also help our neighbors in other countries. So it's nice to be able to have all those opportunities available. We do give back a lot to our schools. We do a lot of things with our nonprofits. We write grants and are able to provide, um, like, playground equipment for down at MRC. 
We just helped the Audubon Society complete a trail that is now handicapped accessible, which just is a wonderful um, addition to that um, particular um, nature preserve here in mm-hmm. Berkeley County. And we get to network. We get to network with other fellow business people. But you do not have to be in a business to be in Rotary. Um, our classifications are open for everyone because everybody has talent and everybody has some time and some treasure. So we're just welcoming. And Rotary is a very well thought of organization that is very conscientious about every donation that is made. We have been number one on Charity Navigator for 14 consecutive years on our giving um, responsibilities and how we track our giving and are accountable for our giving. So those are just some of the highlights on why to be a Rotarian. So you're telling me that it's not just about good breakfasts and lunches, <laughs> an excuse to get out of work for a few uh, for a few minutes during the day? Well, you know, I didn't think about that. <laughs> that, that, that is one of the perks, you know. <laughs> that is one of the perks. Um, we're very thankful to have, like I say, that fellowship. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, and if someone is listening that's in Jefferson County, you know, there are two clubs there. There is the one in Shepherdstown, and they meet in the morning at the Bavarian on Tuesdays. Not a bad place to meet. You're going to join the Jefferson County Rotary? I might. I might have to. (laughs) The Charlestown Club meets on Wednesdays at lunch down at the George Washington um, I can I think hotel is maybe not quite the right word, but anyway. Is there a Rotary um, in Morgan County? And then, yes. So in Morgan County, the Rotary Club meets on Thursdays at noon, and they meet at the Country Inn. Nice. So there's tons of opportunities. And also, I should mention that the Shepherdstown Club already has a satellite club. So they meet in the evening, but Berkeley County did not have an evening club. Now, the thing about this new club, and that's what I want to want to, is we're going to let the, the members of this club sort of set it up and form it the way they want, as long as it follows some of Rotary International's guidelines. So if the old way that we used to do Rotary is being changed, um, the new club, they can meet twice a month instead of four times. They could meet in the evening and have a, like, like a little cocktail club. They could have speakers once a month instead of every week. So there's a lot of ways to form this new club to meet the needs of the people that might be joining this club. So it sounds, and I know you guys have Rotary Interact in the the schools as well, so um, lots of chances for folks of all ages to be be involved. But if folks want to find out more information about the uh, potential of a Spring Mills uh, group, which is forming now, time to get in on the ground floor, as you said, yep. make your uh, your preferences known. How do they find out more information? Well, you know, we had a flyer. We had some stuff on Facebook for this last meeting. But if they want, so we haven't set up the next meeting yet because we got some really good feedback last night from the people that did come, and we have all this enthusiasm going. So right now they can contact me. Um, and I'll give you that phone number, or they can reach me at the business, Depot Flores. But my number is 304-582-3328. 
They can private message me. They can text me. They can go in through my Facebook, however it's convenient. And then when we get the next meeting um, scheduled, we'll have that back on Facebook, and we'll probably contact you guys, and hopefully you can help us spread that word. Oh, please do. Pam Wagner, who is with the Martinsburg Newton Rotary, but they're always looking for a few good members and, and a chance to get a new, uh, uh, what do you call it, a new uh, segment started, new branch? Right. So it'll be like <laughs> a satellite club right now, but the potential for this just to be its own Rotary individual club would be awesome. Um, and that would be the goal if that group wants that to be the goal. Some satellite clubs just want to work through their their mother club, which would be the noon club. Some clubs then, once they get their feet on the ground and get established, they want to break away and be their own club. So we are definitely welcoming that if they would like to be their own club. And real quick, one of the things you mentioned was about the kids. Mm-hmm. There is already an Interact Club up and running and doing wonderful things at Spring Mills. So if this club, when this club forms in Spring Mills, they will already have a youth group at the high school to work with. So if there's any parents out there, anyone in the PTA, any teachers that could do a, an evening meeting, we'd welcome that. Well, Pam Wagner, so, thank you so much for, for giving us the information about this. And, sure. and uh, please don't be a stranger. And thank you for having me. Have a good day. Thanks, you Absolutely. too. Thanks, Pam. Bye. Very cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. And there are some pretty good lunches and uh, breakfasts they have over there. Hey, for, little little for tease for you. Um, of course, I mentioned after 945, we're going to have that, that big story about the uh, the Martinsburg Police Department uh, arrest back in February. But uh, uh, you have put up the Eagle Cam in the studio. <sighs> looking, because, a little, looking a little wet. I know. I think that's the dad who's on patrol today. Uh, and he's, his hair looks like it could use a little hair dryer. Yeah, it looks like they could use a little bit of a little shelter. But our friends from over at the NCTC will be calling in after after the bottom of the hour break. That's right. And that'll be right here on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, driving you home, or taking you home rather, I guess driving you home too, with full service auto care with a higher level of care. Two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online to CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. Jordan Ice Warner alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. Here in a few minutes, we'll be chatting with the folks from over at NCTC, talking about some of the uh, cool events they have coming up this mm-hmm. summer, which are always so cool, especially if you got you know family, you want to get out in the nature a little bit, don't want to have to go too far. These are the perfect opportunities um, to do that. And like we were talking about before the break, you can head over to, I think it's like discovery.com or something to find the outdoor. Eagle Cams. Out, yeah, outdoor.com. But you can also go on YouTube and just type in NCTC Eagle Cam, and you can look at the uh the two and it looks like the the uh eaglet is starting to emerge uh, mm-hmm. just adjusting I don't, I don't think the eagle parent and i think it's i think it's the dad um is on top of like you know because when when eagle um when e7 the eaglet was baby baby they would sit yeah, on and him and it's poking out yeah and now they're just kind of sitting near him and mm-hmm. they're keeping each other warm but um can you imagine if that was your shift today no. in the rain Mm-mm. you're just I'd, like gotta protect the eagle I'd much eagle. rather be out hunting <laughs> Be out flying around the river trying to find something to eat. Mm-hmm. That thing's getting big. My goodness. Well, remember, uh, we were told that in three months after they hatch, 
the, the baby eagles. And just use the bathroom almost hit the camera. Uh, wow, well, okay. <laughs> okay, whose job? We'll have to ask. Who um, cleans it? We'll, <laughs> right, we'll have to ask Mark Madison when he calls in, like if someone actually comes and maintains that. You know what? Know. They, like how how high the ladder just is. Just missed. It's a pretty good aim out of that eaglet. Just missed. <laughs> but, but he's pretty he's cool. Looking more like a an adult all the time. Um, but it's raining today. But it wasn't right. yesterday. Was the weather good for for ball? Uh, it was good for ball. We had a couple of different uh, games going on around the area. Jefferson High School was celebrating 50 years of Jefferson High nice. School baseball yesterday. And of course, uh, we talked about it on the sports show, and you can uh, see pictures and videos and things. Over on our uh, Twitter page at EP Sports Network. But joining us on the line again, we were talking about the Eagle Cam, but that's not the only thing going on over at NCTC is Dr. Mark Madison. Mark, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing very well. Hopefully, you guys are too. Good. Yeah. And we're watching this Eagle Cam, and my goodness, that looks like a wet bird up there on that nest. <laughs> No, I know. Wish we could uh, throw a few umbrellas up there today. It's horrible. <laughs> but but you guys don't intervene. I was telling I was telling the audience. Uh, I guess it's been a week ago. Uh, Jordan showed me the eagle cam. It looked like the the eagle the eaglet had had passed away because the way it was <laughs> oh, lying yeah, down. My and uh, and Jordan fortunately was able to go through the video and and back up. And the little guy had just I guess he'd had lunch or something and just was so groggy he just <laughs> fell asleep where he was in a perfect uh, angle that the camera picked it all up. Mm-hmm. We have been having so much fun with the eagle cam this year. My, uh, a lot of my students at Shepherd are using it for like mental health breaks during oh, finals. As a matter of fact, so I have a student at Marshall and she texted me. I'm like, isn't it exam week? She texted me a, a still from it. I guess she'd been doing the same no thing. Yep. <laughs> but you know, you, you are absolutely right. We don't intervene. Um, you know, in, in, eagle, eaglets have fallen out of nests and so on, and we, we can't pick them up and put them back in. We even, we even refrain from naming them. We don't want to anthropomorphize them. You know, they're wild, and, and, you know, we don't want to intervene for good or ill. <laughs> we want them to be wild and, well, and wildlife. Well, watching the Eagle Cam is certainly fun. I just leave it on all day, most of the time, <laughs> here in the studio on the TV. And it's it, like you're, you're right. And if you turn the volume up, you get to hear, you know, the wind and different birds and stuff. It's, it is perfect. But that's not the only fun you can have with NCTC because you all have a ton of events coming up. We do. We do. This is our busy season. So this coming Monday, uh, May 1st at 7, we're going to screen a film out here. I've been trying to get this film out here for a year. It's called The Towering Task, and it's the history of the U.S. Peace Corps. Um, and it's an amazing film about what, you know, Peace Corps started under Kennedy in 1961. It's been around for a long time, and and what they're doing today, which is totally different than what they did in the 60s. They're battling climate change, they're doing medicine, they're doing women's education, and it's a wonderful film, and it's going to be presented by a, a former Peace Corps volunteer. I'm one, too, so I'm biased in favor of this film. This is not an objective review. Um, <laughs> well, thank you for a, your service, then, in the Peace Corps. Yeah, That's absolutely. awesome. But it is a wonderful film, and it's, it's going to be out here at 7 o'clock Monday. No tickets or reservations uh, required. And then back to the wildlife uh, aspect. On May 18th, we're having uh, a woman wolf biologist come out here, Maggie Dwyer, who's working on... What may be our most interesting wolf project is called the Mexican Wolf Restoration Program. And uh, here we're trying to restore a species of wolf that was, was pretty much nearly extinct. And this wolf lives on both sides of the Rio Grande. So we work with Mexico and U.S. wildlife uh, folks. It's kind of an international 
uh, wildlife agreement to try to bring back this wolf that has a really tough environment. It's the, the southwest. It's kind of deserty, not a lot of prey. Um, and that's going to be a really fun uh, program. And that's on May 18th at 7 o'clock. And then finally in June, we're going to, on June 13th, we're going to have a lecture on the Endangered Species Act. Uh, it's celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. Its biggest success was probably bringing back bald eagles <laughs> from the yeah. brink of extinction. How about that? Full circle. It, it took about 40 years to bring back the eagles. Uh, and this is its 50th anniversary, and we have uh, the appropriately named Lowell Bear. <laughs> it's always good to have a wildlife last name when you're <laughs> writing about endangered species. <laughs> Coming out on June 13th um, uh, to, to talk about the first 50 years of the Endangered Species Act. Everything from eagles to alligators to wolves to California condors. So we've got a, a chock-a-block program. All of our programs are free. Uh, we try to publicize them uh, uh, through the newspaper. It's on our website at NCTC and, of course, through renowned radio stations. So um, hopefully people will come out. Awesome. So, um, Mark, the um, presentations are all happening on campus at the NCTC in Shepherdstown in the Bird Auditorium. Is that right? Yes. And they're always at 7, and we, we respect people's time or babysitting costs. So they try to wrap up about 8.15 or so. So they're usually an hour, an hour and a half. Perfect. And, of course, I'm sure you can find all the information on this on you know websites and social media and things probably? Yes, yes. If you just go to NCTC Public Lectures, they'll all pop up for the, for the rest of the year. Now, I want to ask you another question about the Eagles. So, sure. Well, this will be a two-part question. Uh, one, how much longer until we see this eaglet, you know, start spreading its wings and start to fly? And then the second one, will this eaglet, once it takes flight, will it ever come back to this nest, or is it just gone to figure its, you know, life out, I guess, at that point? Two great questions. Um, it, it's amazing how fast they grow, especially if, you, if you're actually out here and see how high that sycamore tree is. <laughs> it looks like it from the, the wide view high, camera. the highest tree on campus. It takes uh, a special, you know fire truck type ladder to get up there to adjust the camera. So in a couple months, um, well, in a month or so, you'll see the eaglet amazingly go to like the edge of the nest and kind of start moving its arms. <laughs> You're like, don't fall, don't fall. Right? Parent. <laughs> it's horrifying. Um, but usually they can, you know, start flying around uh, May or June, and then they, they do fledge in the middle of the summer. And usually they go find their own territory. And I say usually because sometimes juveniles will hang around. We've even had juveniles hang around when the parents leave. They, they're soft migrants. They migrate a little distance, generally to the south. What, are they just playing video games? What are they doing? <laughs> <up there? laughs> the parents are gone. They're having a kegger. I don't know what... <laughs> Hey, close enough to campus, I mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> but eagles, they're kind of like wolves and lions and so on. They really are territorial. Um, so the, the ideal is the, the young go out, they find a mate, and they have their own territory. And then there's just one uh, pair of eagles there. So the eagles that are there now um, have been uh, – they weren't the original eagles there. They were replaced by – um, younger eagles that fought for the territory. Hmm. Um, so the young are supposed to go out probably somewhere down the Potomac, um, you know, upstream or downstream. They'll find a suitable fishing area, and they'll build their own nest and uh, never come back. It's <laughs> kind of the opposite of my kids. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. <ya. laughs> 
Uh, and then one last question before we have to get to our final break, and we'll let you go. Uh, but, of course, obviously, we live in a, uh, a habitat that is good for eagles. But what is their habitat? I mean, you can see them all over the country, so are they just kind of everywhere? They, they were until they were um, DDT and some other pesticides poisoned them. Um, so they, they do like fish a lot. Um, so they like to be around lakes, and they like to be around even the ocean or rivers and streams and so on. That's their ideal territory. And literally, I've been fishing in the Potomac and see them flying overhead and taking out bass hmm. right in front of me. They're, they're much better fishermen than I am, <laughs> which hurts my feelings. So that's ideal. But they also can eat rabbits. We, uh, years ago, we had three babies born, and it was very hard to keep enough food in the nest and I saw them take up a roadkill groundhog. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they're scavengers, too. They'll eat dead things. They'll fight uh, other raptors like osprey and try to steal their food. If an osprey has a, a fish, an eagle might go after it or vice versa. Um, so they'll eat almost anything, but their their favorite is fish because they know there's a, a consistent supply that they can get for six months of the year. So they, I was told years ago by the West Virginia DNR, uh, almost every territory on the Potomac River that could support eagles has a pair of eagles now. So wow. the re- recovery has been robust. Very cool. Well, it's been uh, it's been fun chatting with you about and learning about these eagles, and of course, uh, everything you're doing at NCTC. But then uh, watching the eagle cam has been very cool. But we've we've been speaking with Dr. Mark Madison from NCTC, and sir, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. And that's uh, Dr. Mark Madison from over at NCTC. So neat. I mean, it really is. I'm sure. I mean, this has been going on for a long time here, mm-hmm. but this is the first time I've really been, I guess, aware of it. And it's just wild. It's happening right down the road. I mean, you can even see in the background of this picture cars driving by on right? whatever uh, road that is right behind it. I mean, it's so neat. So it neat. It really is. Very cool. But we'll step aside one final time when we come back. We'll start hearing some of those excerpts from the Friday or February the 10th traffic stop in Martinsburg that has caused some pretty considerable controversy here uh, in the last couple of hours. We'll be hitting that after the break on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live, the voice of the Panhandle. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Hey! Uh-huh. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. You can always get in touch with us, text us anytime you want, 304 263 4321, especially if you have any thoughts on the uh, story we're talking about now, which is the February 10th traffic stop here in Martinsburg that's uh, gotten some pretty considerable movement and uh, some controversy around it here in the last, you know, hours, days, uh, you know, in the last couple of hours and days. Mm-hmm. So uh, talk to us about what's going on here, Marsha. Okay, so um, first of all, let me just say I've invited Chief Swartwood to come on. I got a message this morning from the uh, city attorney, Kinsayer, Saying the chief forwarded uh, to him the request for an interview. He says, we have been notified that litigation is forthcoming and therefore are not able to comment beyond the attached statement. So I just want everyone to know I invited George Swartwood, the chief of police on. Uh, He cannot come on the advice of the city attorney because litigation is forthcoming. Now, if you're just learning about this, I wanted to to let you know as well. uh, This stems from a traffic incident February 10th of this year, uh, Martinsburg police uh, pulled a truck over near uh, what was what used to be the mall um, in the area of Grand Furnishings mm-hmm. uh, into that parking lot um, for uh, 
basically a, a gentleman in a, tr- in a truck, Corey Lambert, had uh, flipped the officers the bird. Mm-hmm. And uh, the officer called it improper hand signals. Uh, the Lambert was held on a cash-only bail or bond. Excuse me, let me back up. Lambert was held on, he was arrested, held on a cash-only bond for four days and three nights on a charge the officer called improper hand signals as well as two obstruction charges. So um, a, an attorney, uh, and his name is um, John H. Bryan, he has a YouTube video, um, and it, which he calls himself the civil rights attorney, and uh, he did a FOIA request, obtained the footage, put it out on his YouTube video. I have some excerpts of the sound from that, uh, including some of the excerpts from the arrest itself. On February 10th, 2023, Corey Lambert was driving down the road and he gave the middle finger to a police officer who was driving by. That police officer then, in response to the middle finger, initiated a traffic stop. This occurred in Martinsburg, West Virginia. The officer was Kobe Engel from the Martinsburg Police Department. Here's what he wrote in his report. I witnessed a white male driver, later identified as Corey Lambert, driving a Chevy pickup truck traveling eastbound on Mall Drive. When I passed Corey, I witnessed him giving an improper hand signal prior to turning left onto Mall Access Road. I then turned around and initiated my emergency lights and sirens and conducted a traffic stop in the parking lot of Grand Home Furnishings on Mall Loop. When I approached Corey, I advised to him the reason for the stop. Corey later stated that he was not indicating his direction of travel in his vehicle with his hand signaling and that he was simply giving me the middle finger. 24 Martin 75. Angle, Marjorie City Police Department. What's the middle finger? Is that a certain hand signal that you got to give away? Just that. Just to do it? Because I want to. All right, where's you, your driver's license, registration, proof of insurance? Is that why you pulled driver's me? license, registration, proof of insurance. Is that why you pulled Yes, me? driver's license, registration, proof of insurance. Uh, Due to this being a municipal violation of hand and arm signals, 339.10, I then asked Corey multiple times for his driver license, registration, and proof of insurance. He told me multiple times that he didn't have to provide me with these documents. I can. You're in the middle of a traffic stop. Listen, driver's license. Registration, proof of insurance. So you pull me Improper over. hand display. At this time, Patrolman First Class Borsquat told Corey again that if he didn't provide us with these documents, that he would be placed under arrest. Corey continued to not comply with our demands. Driver's in, license, registration. Hand display. If I have to say it one more time to provide me with the documents, I'm going to place you under arrest. Under arrest for what? Get out. Corey was then placed under arrest at this time and transported back to the Martinsburg City Police Station for processing. Get out of the car. You're violating my rights. You know that, right? 
And now there's a lot going on there. Of course, that's an excerpt from a, a video. So the the noises and different things you heard were, uh, you know, the the sounds coming from the body cam footage of the police officers. But there's a lot happening in that, Marsha. Right. And again, I want to say this is from uh, an excerpt from the YouTube channel of the civil rights lawyer. That's uh, what the YouTube channel is called. Um, so in this, it's about a 14 minute video, but the the attorney uh, whose name is John H. Bryan uh, kind of explains some of the, the reasoning behind, you know, why he's he says they're going to file a, a big lawsuit. And I want to make sure before we end the segment that I uh, talk about the city's response as well. Um, and I can't remember exactly what the next segment is, but mm-hmm. we'll go ahead and roll that. 24, Marjorie, 75. Truman Engel, City Police Department. What's the middle finger? Is that a certain hand signal that you got to yeah, give away? Just, just Well, that's just uh, another kind of in-depth listen to uh, the beginning of the mm-hmm. traffic stop and subsequent arrest. But continuing on, there's uh, more excerpts from the uh, body cam footage as well. Right. Hang on the stick, right? Is your body cam on? Is it? And, and Ow, man. And all the way. So the, the attorney, John H. Bryan, um, you know, wove this together with his own commentary. There's a segment in which the the audio from the body cam is, is off. So he talks over a lot of that, kind of fast forwards it. Um, and he explains, uh, you know, why this uh, gesture is protected under the First Amendment. So the compelling legal question of our time can police officers pull you over and arrest you for giving them the middle finger? Just the basics here. The protections of the First Amendment are not limited to just spoken words, but rather they include gestures and other expressive conduct, even if vulgar or offensive to police officers. But the point is, is there's really no question at all that you have a constitutionally protected right to give the middle finger to police officers. But If police officers are going to pull you over for that, they can't admit that. They can't document evidence on their body cam that that's why they pulled you over. Because that would be an illegal and unconstitutional stop. And if they do an illegal and an unconstitutional stop, they have no right to detain you. And if they have no right to detain you, what can they not do? They cannot force you to ID yourself, to give your registration and proof of insurance. And if they can't do that, what else can't they do? They can't arrest you for obstruction for not doing it quickly enough. And of course, these are excerpts from uh, a YouTube video, which was put up by uh, the YouTube channel Civil Rights Lawyer, which has the body cam footage, and that is him uh, kind of explaining some of the process. Right. So uh, important to note, uh, this was a February 10th traffic stop. Uh, The individual who was arrested, Corey Lambert, uh, was uh, arrested and held on a cash-only bond for four days and three nights, uh, there was a legal proceeding, according to attorney John H. Bryan, excuse me, John H. Bryan, who is an attorney for Corey Lambert, uh, apparently, and does plan to file a, a lawsuit. And uh, in in his comments, he says that uh, the hand signal and one of the obstruction charges were dismissed, uh, but he was still held for, for four days and three nights uh, on a cash only bond. So uh, obviously this is ongoing. As I mentioned at the beginning of the segment, we did reach out to Martinsburg Chief of Police, George Swartwood, who's, who's on our show a good bit, mm-hmm. asked him if he could come in. And on the advice of the city's attorney, uh, because there is now pending litigation, uh, he was advised not to come on. I'm sure it's not because he doesn't you know, want to talk to us, um, but 
He's been advised not to come on uh, because this is pending litigation. Uh, the city did release a statement yesterday as well. I want to make sure that I, I read that uh, because this is another element of this whole story. Uh, we got this from City Attorney Kinsare yesterday afternoon. It says, quote, the city of Martinsburg is aware of an incident that took place on February 10th, 2023, regarding a traffic stop and subsequent arrest by the Martinsburg Police Department. The city of Martinsburg is further looking into the arrest, but the city will have no specific comment regarding the underlying allegations or assertions given that the city has been threatened with litigation. In the meantime, the city of Martinsburg will be providing all officers of the Martinsburg Police Department additional refresher training to ensure all constitutional rights of all citizens are upheld, end quote. If you have any thoughts and comments on the uh, ongoing situation, you can text us. Not a ton of time left in the show here, but we'll get to them uh, as you send them in. 304-263-4321. And again, thoughts and uh, comments on the you know situation revolving around the February 10th uh, Martinsburg City Police arrest. Um, then, you know, we're talking about it. again. If you go over to our Facebook page, uh, we've been uh, people have been kind of commenting on some things and sharing mm-hmm. some of these things out there. So that's where we, I think, found out a lot about this civil rights lawyer uh, guy because things are starting to matriculate, you know, through the internet and whatnot. But three zero four two six three four three two one is the text line. And I, I'm sure the uh, police officers would say, you know, here's our perspective. They, you know, the city doesn't want anyone commenting because obviously this is going to go to to litigation. Um, But, and, and I'm not sure because, you know, this is the, the attorney, John H. Bryan, uh, who's a YouTube channel. We've lifted this sound and these comments from called the civil rights lawyer. Um, I'm not sure how edited what Mm -hmm. he put out was, you know, where uh, he did say he, he sped up some of the video that was silent, um, you know, because the audio was off. Um, so, so we're not sure, obviously, that we're seeing everything from that right. entire we don't traffic know the whole stop. Story. Right, and we don't, and that's why it's going to be litigated apparently mm-hmm. um, down the road. And so we we can't sit here and say we have all the information. Um, it it you know obviously it's a very compelling story, and uh, you know this person did admit he made this gesture, but according to civil rights attorney John H. Bryan, that is protected speech. Well, we got a text here, uh, and this is the last thing we can get to, but uh, the texter says, why isn't it assaulting an officer? I can't verbally curse at an officer, so why is hand gesturing, uh, why is a hand gesture allowed? For that's, it allowed? A, that's a very interesting... It's a great yeah. question, and we'll mm-hmm. be uh, chatting about we'll this. we let that be the last comment, then. <laughs> Say, yeah, and we'll be talking about this as it continues, and uh, the information continues to come out, and the story starts to reveal itself, but that does it for us today on Panhandle Live. Miss Nate Shug, let's back to it a little bit later on. Hoppy is next. Marsha, have a safe trip downstate. Thanks. Absolutely. Have a good weekend. Absolutely. And we'll talk to y'all on Monday. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.